0: Welcome back. My guest today, Daryl Amy, is passionate about helping great companies grow revenue. He's also passionate about helping salespeople achieve more in their business. He is the best selling author of a book called Revenue Growth Engine How to Align Sales and Marketing to Drive and Accelerate Growth. He's also a host of the Revenue Growth Podcast on the C Suite Radio Network. So check it out. So in today's episode, one of the areas that we cover, it's around the three levers to grow your sales and really enjoyed the conversation about how if you can take or create a plan for each of these three levers, you'll experience exponential growth in your sales performance. And as a quick update on the podcast release schedule, we have officially moved to two episodes a week. So Wednesday will continue to be our guest episode and Friday will be a short solo episode for me where we'll touch on one very specific topic something maybe that i've experienced uh, an insight from another guest uh, something that i can pass along that hopefully you'll find a ton of value from enjoy the show welcome to the high-tech freedom podcast I'm your host, Chris Freeman. I'm a high-tech sales leader, real estate investor, and lifetime learner. All
1: right, Daryl, welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, fantastic, Chris. It's great to be here. This is going to be a fun
0: conversation. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. It's fun to have another fellow sales podcast host here as a guest. So really look forward to hearing what, uh, what you have to share today. Well, why don't we jump right into it? So, you know, as we kick off the new year, every salesperson right now should be off executing the plan that they created ideally in December, right? That's right. And I saw that it's- It's go
1: time. Yeah, it is definitely go time. Happy new year. It's go time. The the sales board is wiped clean and it's time to go for it. So yes, it's time to execute. What do they say? Hero to zero? (laughs) That's right. Well, now it's time to go from zero
0: to hero. That's right. Well, so you recently hosted a webinar on how to 3x your sales this year. And that sounds great to me. I mean, how do we how do we do that?
1: Well, if you think about it, really, there's three core drivers to sales results. Uh, first of all, and, and they're actually very, very simple. But I think this is so important to remember because in the world of sales today, there's so many different data points, so many different demands. It's important to focus. So, We really challenge people at Selling from the Heart to focus on three things that drive sales results. Number one, how many opportunities are you putting in the funnel? Number two, what's your win rate on those opportunities? And number three, and maybe one of the most overlooked pieces of data is what's your revenue per customer? So how are we getting more deals in the pipeline? How are we driving uh, a higher win rate? And how are we going in and not just landing deals, but also expanding? you show moderate growth in each one of those areas and you're going to see dramatic improvements in your sales results and you can play with the numbers on that but what's really cool is if you increase you know if you look back over 2022 and say well i put this many deals in the pipeline last year if i can increase that by 25% by 30% my win rate last year was x percent if i can increase that by 25 or 30% and my revenue per deal or my total revenue per customer was this much last year. If you can increase each one of those areas, you start compounding that out, and you're going to see some pretty dramatic improvements. And one of the things that is really cool that we came to the conclusion on in those three drivers is what is the one thing that they all have in common? If you were to look, you know, what is the one thing that number of opportunities, win rate, and revenue per client all have in common, I would submit to you, That one of the things they all have in common is our ability to establish and maintain trust with our prospects and clients. Because if you look at uh, the ability to get in the door and create an opportunity, HubSpot, right now, their article just came out 2023 biggest issues in sales, trust was the number one on the list, right? So, how do we establish, how do we get a higher win rate? More trust. How do we go in and not just land a deal, but also expand in that account? It all has to do with trust. And this to me right now in selling is, is where at Selling from the Heart, and I get to co-host the Selling from the Heart podcast with my good friend, Larry Levine. We say soft skills yield hard dollars. And you look at something like trust, which sounds really, oh, yeah, of course, I want trust. But I would say to salespeople going into 2023, if you can double down on your ability to build, maintain, grow trust inside your accounts, you're going to be able to nail those three drivers of more deals, higher win rate, and higher revenue per client. And this is, I think, how we're going to move through a year like 2023 and drive growth in a year where a lot of people might be a little bit nervous about driving growth. Trust is paramount right now. Yeah, let's let's
0: spend a little bit of time on that. So, I I recently recorded a a single episode on um, the three things not to do during a recession. I saw that fantastic. You did, and you know, I've been through a couple of these, and you know, I think one of the things as a rep in my early days, you know, I was always a heads heads down rep, right? Just put your head down, grind it out, let the numbers speak for themselves. But one of the things that I learned as you get a little bit older and wiser is head down is not a good strategy during a recession. And the other thing that I learned was those customer relationships, man, they can carry you through some really tough times. And I think, you know, you hit a great point. It comes from trust. So what what are some, maybe some examples that you're seeing great reps do right now to really build and grow and, and maintain that
1: trust? Well, I think you look at the two different sides of the trust coin. And there, there's there's really two two aspects to trust that are really, really critical. And both of them need to be in play. On one side is authentic relationship, and the other side is meaningful value. So authentic relationship. Am I going out am I trying to make deal friends or am I trying to make real relationships? Am I just do I just have a bunch of deal relationships or do I have real relationships? And this is a time, you know, and, and I think we learned this lesson at the last big crisis we went through where it was really important. I mean, let's just be honest. There's a lot of sales professionals. Um, when the pandemic happened, you know, there was a little... There were a few moments where the emperor had no clothes. Um, we At Selling from the Heart, we call those empty suits, right? Where you realize that, I don't know that I really have that good of a relationship with my client. And and this is a problem. So it's very important to have authentic relationships. Fortunately, one of the things we saw happen during the pandemic was a lot of people did double down and said, okay, I'm going to develop these relationships. Hopefully, you're continuing to grow those relationships with your clients, it deal friends or real friends. Which do you have, right? Deal relationships or real relationships? Do you know your clients? And uh, if you know your clients, then you're going to be able to get to the other side of the trust coin a lot easier, which is meaningful value. So here's the deal. I passionately, passionately believe, and I say in my book, Revenue Growth Engine, many, many times, buyers don't buy your products and services. They buy the outcomes your products and services deliver. Why is this important right now? The reason this is so important is we've got to realize that you know if you're in tech, you're selling software, you're selling SaaS, whatever you're listening in, whatever you sell, nobody buys exactly what you're selling. Theodore Levitt, the father of modern marketing, used to walk into his Harvard Business School class, Marketing One Hundred One, Day One, he walk in holding up an electric drill bit, and <laughs> what was this guy doing? He said, nobody in the history of Home Depot, Lowe's, insert hardware store of choice here, ever went to the hardware store to buy drill bit. What did they go to buy? The hole, right? And uh, it's funny, Seth Godin, another great marketing guru would say, well, they didn't go to buy the hole. The outcome they were looking for is they wanted to hang the plaque on the wall so they could look good to their wife or their friends. Another marketing guru, uh, Donald Miller, would go, Well, they didn't even go to look into their friends. We all descended from cavemen. And uh, we know that if we don't have relationships, we're going to get eaten by a tiger. So we needed to hang that thing on the wall so we could stay in the crowd and don't get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. Regardless of whether you went to Home Depot to get a hole in your wall, hang a plaque, or to avoid being eaten by a saber-toothed tiger, the point is you didn't go to buy the drill bit. Now, software. Um, tech. People don't buy technology. Technology is expensive. It doesn't always work. And it requires change. Three big things. The reason people buy technology is because of the outcomes it enables. Here's the important thing. When the pandemic happened, Gartner did a survey. Now, before the survey, Gartner, of course, the great tech research company, they said, what are you looking for? What outcomes are you looking for? And people said, I want to scale my company. I want to capitalize on the incredible economic growth. When the pandemic happened, all of a sudden, all, everything flipped to the three R's, right? Redundancy, resiliency, remote work. People were buying, for the most part, the same products and services from us, but the outcomes were totally different. And so the salespeople, I believe, that did the best during the pandemic were the ones that understood that buyers don't buy products and services, they buy outcomes, and they changed their message. So here's the deal as we move into 2023. And this is a question that every single person listening in, I want you to, to take to your current clients and go, in this current environment, what outcomes are you looking for? What are your goals? What are your core initiatives? What are your challenges meeting those goals? Because when we understand that and we hear that, especially in the words of our current clients, that is the secret sauce that is going to allow us to go in and build trust with meaningful value. And when you get authentic relationship and meaningful value paired together, you've got the ingredients... For trust and at selling from the heart, those two components form the foundation of the trust formula. Which, once again, it impacts everything. I can get in more doors, more opportunity. I can increase my win rate, and I can grow my revenue per client. Now, I love that. It's um, you know, uh,
0: you didn't say it, but I I know. I'm assuming you believe it. That also a big part of that trust is it's that follow through, right? So if you do all the work to get that initial engagement you're authentic. There's something that needs to be done. Your ability to deliver and follow through and have that consistent follow-up with whatever you're doing is because trust isn't just a one-time thing, right? It's, it's an iterative process. It's building on top of itself and it takes a little bit of time. Uh, I know we're all impatient salespeople and we have a quarterly quota, monthly quota, but sometimes you know trust takes a little bit more
1: than a week or a month to, to really establish you're you're absolutely right and so if you look at authentic relationship plus meaningful value there's two multipliers and one of those multipliers is disciplined habits and this goes through the entire sales cycle there is disciplined habits consistency in execution is critical we also talk about inspirational experience as a multiplier as well and in all of this you know this this all comes down to you know, let's just be honest about all this. It comes down to giving a rip. It comes down to authentically caring about the success of that person that you're building an authentic relationship. You understand what meaningful value is for them, so you're going to come through for them on a consistent basis. When you do that, you set yourself in that you're at you're at the head of the class. You're at the top of the curve uh, for sales professionals because the reality is. You know, most sales professionals aren't going to take the time to build the relationship. They're not going to take the time to really understand the nuances of value and disciplined habits. Man, if you just do that on itself, you're going to stand out in front ahead of of all kinds of people. This is what we'll be talking about, by the way, the second week of January in the um, Authentic Selling Challenge, and this is an event we host every year. AuthenticSellingChallenge.com. We've got a great group of coaches coming in um, to coach us on how to bring authentic relationship and authentic value uh, to our clients and prospects. And I think in the environment we find ourselves in, I agree, this is not a time to freak out. This isn't a time to put your head down. The biggest businesses and some of the biggest successes have been born out of economic struggles. And uh, so, you know, if this is your first <laughs> first recession or threat of a recession or whatever we got going on here, don't panic. Uh, we've been through several, and if you play play this right, uh, you're going to actually you have the potential to do really well. Absolutely. Well, you
0: talked about um, discipline, and uh, you know, I, I was doing some research on you, and you have a lot going on. You have your consulting, training, podcast. I imagine that's a, that's a lot to accomplish in one week, and it seems like you're producing all of that at a pretty high level. Uh, I'm curious, how do you maintain sort of that consistency, that
1: balance, that energy uh, week after week? Yeah, a number of ways. I love this question, by the way, and and I think the the word you just said is, is really critical, um, energy. It's important that we manage our time, and I want to talk about that in just a moment. But one thing we don't think about as much as we need to is actually managing our energy. Daniel Pink has a really interesting book called When. And it's it's just brilliant because it's actually really simple. And I think we all know this. We have these circadian rhythms, right? We have times of the day where we are on. We have other times of the day where we're just not. And the reality is, as sales professionals, we've got to be able to show up uh, for our clients. And that requires that we manage energy. And there are we could probably spend the rest of the next two hours talking about hacks and different ways to manage your energy. Uh, but I was just listening yesterday on, on a drive back from uh, seeing a, a client in Nashville, and and I was listening to Dr. Carolyn Leaf, and she was talking about this energy, and she was saying, "Look, if you'll every thirty minutes pause for two minutes and just like stare off into space, <laughs> right? Now don't do that for more than two minutes, but pause and stare off." go get a cup of coffee or something, it resets your brain. And then after three cycles of that, you know, take a 30-minute break. All these different things now that we're living in Zoom land, you know, the the reality is Zoom has totally zapped most (laughs) sales professionals and we got to take care of ourselves. So I'm really diligent about that. And there's a lot of different other aspects to that. The other thing is time, you know, time. I heard someone say once, next to the Holy Bible, the most sacred document in anyone's life is their calendar. And I'm a huge believer in that because we've all been given a finite amount of time. And so how are we managing our calendar? I, you know, I'm a huge Stephen Covey fan. He said, put the big rocks in first. To me, one of the most important chunks of time that I have blocked out every single week is Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Saturday morning at 10am is where I sit down and I spend an hour. At the first half hour, I review my previous week, celebrate what went well, write down what didn't go well, catch you know what, what needs to be done, and then I start planning out my next week. Mark Hunter, one of my favorite authors and good friend, wrote a Mind for Sales and he said, Monday morning is not when you plan your week. <laughs> you don't plan your week on Monday morning. The week's already going. So I recommend you you find a block of time on the weekend. For me, it works really well on Saturday morning. I get that done. I have these massive moments of clarity. The phone's not ringing. and, And then I go. And if you hang out with my buddy, Larry Levine, Larry would say and tag another hour on there and do some prospecting because the best time to prospect to executives is usually on Saturday morning. Oh wow. Yeah, really? Okay. Absolutely. They're because they're doing the exact same thing. Yeah. They're planning their week. Right. So this is, you know, to me, this is a real if you want to up your game in 2023, we've got to manage our energy and we've got to manage our time. And um, you know, so don't don't get sucked into Zoom fatigue. Figure out how to not let that happen because you're not going to be present for your clients. If you're not present, you can't build relationships. So it's, you know. This is a real, it's it, it is a a problem right now for us as salespeople. So you gotta be really, really strategic about how you manage your time.
0: I wanna break in with this quick commercial from me. I am very excited to announce that we have our first multifamily real estate deal for the year. This is a really nice boutique 88 unit complex in Tempe, Arizona, which is an incredibly strong submarket of the Phoenix area. And we are partnered with my friend Reed and his company at the RSN Group. They're the, the ones that found the deal, and they also have another asset uh, very close by this particular property. Uh, investment spots on in this one, they're going to fill up quickly because it is also structured to accept 1031 exchanges. And there's a number of exchanges out there right now looking for a home. So if you're interested, just contact us through HighTechFreedom.com, or you could book a call using the link in the show notes. And even if you just want to learn a little bit more about the investing process, let's chat. I'm happy to share and follow up with some educational resources. Now back to the show. Yeah, you know, I uh, over the years I've had a couple roles where I ran more of a commercial sales team, and versus you know uh, just a, a smaller named account enterprise team. And one of the things that I would tell people when I was interviewing them, just to try to weed them out, was, "Hey, this job is not for everyone. In fact, it's probably harder than just having named accounts because um, it's not hard to be busy, but are you busy doing the right things? Because you'll have lots of companies and accounts and partners and people you can talk to, but." next thing you know, your schedule will be full and you haven't accomplished what you needed to accomplish. And so you have to be incredibly diligent with the time management. And I know you're a big fan of the paper calendar. I've got mine right here. I am.
1: I uh, am. Until you write it down, it's not real, right? Yeah. We actually created um, a high-performance calendar for sales reps. I'm a big fan of paper for that very reason. I'm a nerd. I have every tech gadget known to mankind. But... When it comes to my calendar, what I noticed was it's all digital, of course. But when I get to the beginning of every day, so I plan my week. I also plan my day. Spend about an hour a week planning the week. Spend about 10 minutes a day planning my day. And so what I'll do on one one side of my planner, I'm actually writing out my personal mission statement, my primary question, my goals, my values, all of these things. So you got to reconnect with that. Because sales business is hard, <laughs> it's hard. Some days, some days are great. Many days are hard. So you got to reconnect with your why. Uh, we're big on discover your why at selling from the heart because this is this is so so critical. And then what I'll do is I'll actually list out. I'll write out my calendar for the day, and when I do that, something magic happens. Uh, putting pen on paper it like it encodes the calendar inside my mind and it begins activating my mind for all the appointments so two things happen i show up prepared second i actually show up because in the old <laughs> days when i didn't do that stuff was on my calendar i'd be like oh my gosh i can't believe i forgot that bad form don't do that so i write it down uh, let's see i got it. so everything for my day is planned out here and um to me this you know now i can go back and i can see you know, a history of of success because I'm documenting wins all along. And man, you start looking at wins every 90 days when you go on your quarterly planning meeting, another, another meeting for you. If you're so bold, then you can look back and go, whoa, we made some major progress in the last 90 days.
0: Yeah, it's
1: such an uh,
0: you know, and I struggle with that sometimes because I'll get to the end of the week and say, okay, well, what uh, what what went well? What do I what did I accomplish? And sometimes you know, it's a little bit of a blur, and so mm-hmm. it, each day I try to I actually in advance sometimes try to carve out three lines in the bottom of my notebook so I can at the end of the day just quickly capture. Hey, what did I, what were the top three things that I accomplished today that I'm, that I'm proud of that, you know, really moved the needle for my business, maybe personally, whatever it might be. And then I can quickly go back. And it's like, oh yeah, I forgot about that.
1: That was Monday. <laughs> well, I think we go back to energy. It's not just the amount of energy. It's what type of energy you're bringing to your clients and your prospects. And, you know, look, there's a lot of sales is tough. It's a tough, tough business, right? We hear no a lot. There's, we get ghosted, all kinds of negative things happen. And I think it's really, really important that we keep ourselves focused and positive. So we're bringing positive energy to the table. And to me, that recalibration every morning of writing out my, my purpose, my primary question, my values, my vision, you go, Daryl, that's a lot of work to do every day. Absolutely. But that 10 minutes with a cup of coffee... I'm telling you, it just turns the knob over to the positive side at the beginning of the day, and that's why, you know, that's how I th- I think it's not just showing up, but it's the way you show up for your prospects and clients with a heart to invest and add value, and you can't do that if you're bringing negative energy to the table. And there's a lot of negative energy out there. Let's just be honest. There is, there is. Well, hey, uh, we'll we'll
0: move off the uh, the planning topic, but I did actually write down the quote that your friend Mark made, which was, "Monday morning is not prep time; it's I go know, time." It's right.
1: So you got to check out a mind for sales from Mark Hunter. He'd he'd be a great guy to chat with. I love Mark definitely. Well, hey, um, as we get close to wrapping it up, one thing that I uh, wanted to chat about is, you know.
0: I find a lot of sales reps are so focused on, you know, they're out there hunting, trying to get new logos, new accounts. And as a sales manager, I'm driving the same thing. But there's a balance between going after those new accounts versus uh, really um, selling and continuing to sell and cross-sell into the existing accounts. Just curious to hear your thoughts on kind of that the balance of doing that and, and really the importance of cross-selling into uh, your existing accounts.
1: Well, first of all, it it all comes down to how much money you want to (laughs) make. If you want to make a lot of money, (laughs) uh, if you want to make a lot of money, and especially in an environment where it's important to get every dollar, you need to think about cross-selling. In Revenue Growth Engine, which is the book I wrote to entrepreneurs and uh, sales and marketing leaders to align sales and marketing to drive exponential growth we, we boil it all down and it's actually really simple. There's only 2 ways to grow revenue. If you think about it, 2, two ways to get sales revenue, new logos, or we could grow inside the account base. We land, we expand, we get wall- market share, we get wallet share, however you want to slice it. And the thing about it is the salespeople, I know we're trained attack dogs. We're We're trained to go land the deal and bring it in. Um, and you know, I cut my teeth thirty years ago in the office equipment business. so i've been I've been in the trenches of the trenches uh, of landing net new deals. We sold copy machines and fax machines and then moved in I moved into what workflow automation software. I got a little more sophisticated in the the decades to follow. But we think in terms of net new, but Here's the deal. And if you go to revenuegrowthengine.com and download our free toolkit, there's actually an exponential growth planner that we give to business owners that I think would be really interesting for sales professionals to use as well. And there's 2 drivers in that. How many customers do you have? And what's your revenue per customer? Now, if you grow each one of those modestly by like 12 to 15%, you realize that growing your customer base by 12 to 15% and growing your revenue per customer by that doubles your revenue in less than 3 years. So imagine just getting focused on how can I grow my customer base, land more deals and then grow that revenue per customer. If you look at it from that angle, you begin to realize that when I don't when I close a deal, I'm going to tip of the hat to Mark Hunter again. Mark Hunter says, you don't close a deal, you open a relationship. So the sales doesn't stop when you close the deal. The selling only just begins. And so what I recommend to everybody listening in is look at your account base right now um, and slice off the top 20%. Good old 80-20 rule. We all know 80% of the results and opportunity comes from 20%. It's been true for hundreds of years, Pareto principle, etc. So take that top 20% and then go, what can I do with this top 20% to develop relationships and continue to add value? You know, you might think of, of course, we're all familiar with QBRs, quarterly business reviews. Most people, that's like getting uh, trying to set a quarterly business review with a client is about the same as trying to set a root canal appointment with most clients because most quarterly business reviews are terrible. Well, why don't you flip the script on that, you know, and do something different? Do like a quarterly strategy meeting or do a um a strategic vision meeting. It's one of the things we call them with our clients at Selling from the Heart, where we say, okay, well, what I want to do, this isn't going to become coming in and just reviewing SLAs. You can send me an email about that. Instead, I want to talk about what we're learning in this current business environment of inflation, supply chain shortage, and global instability, what we're learning from other clients and explore how we might be able to further help your company overcome those challenges. So take that QBR and flip it into something useful. can't do it for all your clients, but you can do it for your top 20%. And then make that a regular meeting. You know, Make that a quarterly meeting. You'll know you're doing a good job when one of your clients calls or emails you and says, Hey, what happened? We didn't get our quarterly uh, strategy meeting last, last quarter. Uh, has that happened? Yes. I've seen it happen to myself and to our clients as well. And that's when you know you're hitting it out of the park. You get the discussion going at that level of value. You're going to sell more to your current clients. They're going to give you referrals. And in the process, you're going to learn everything you need to know to go out and sell more new customers. Really, really smart. Don't ignore your current clients this year.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great example of how you build that customer trust over time. Right. And it's also, you know, it's also a, a great way to, you know, if you're maybe stuck a little bit lower in the organization, that's another great way to start to move further up. Uh, that's the type
1: of session the executives want to attend. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, this is where, you know, especially if you're in the middle manager level, and and I want to recommend everyone go grab Don Barden's book, The Perfect Plan, talks about the three types of decision makers. And in the middle between the C-suite and the the rank and file are those middle managers. What does a middle manager want? They want to look good. Take your clients, make them look good. Don't put your head in the sand because it's a recession and go, "I, I don't want to call my current clients. They might say something negative. No, call your current clients, set up quarterly strategic vision meetings, go in and talk to them about their business and show them, help them move up the food chain in their organization and make them look good to their boss. Well, Daryl, you just dropped like seven books that I now need to go read. So, thank you. You can see behind me, I've got a little bit of a a book addiction problem. But hey, leaders are readers, sales leaders are readers. um, And I'm a huge advocate. Plug in that audio book um, when you're driving around. It'll give you something to talk about in your next meeting. And by the way, if any of your listeners... Want a great audiobook? Just go to revenuegrowthengine.com and uh, I'll give you a free copy of Revenue Growth Engine by audiobook. Just uh, sign up and you can get immediate access. Oh, very to ideas grow. Yeah. yeah.
0: Thank you. Well, hey, um, as we wrap up here, Daryl, um, part of the theme here in the podcast is uh, we're all working towards something. You mentioned goals earlier, and so for me, it's you know, a certain type of freedom. What does freedom mean to you? As you continue to do what you do.
1: I love I love that question. I love what you're up to on, on all of this. There's an economic freedom. For me, um, that's a, that's a certainly an important part of all of this. But to me, it's also time freedom uh, for the things that are important to me. And I'm very passionate about some causes, some nonprofit causes. Oh, like what? The main thing is an uh, organization called the Kingdom Missions Fund. We're doing social impact. Donations in organizations all over the world. We're actually funding innovative projects, which is right up my alley. And so I look at at the ability to generate wealth and the ability to generate margin in my time by planning strategically. And that frees up the ability to go out and make an impact. Because to me, you know, yes, I want to, I want to make money. I do want to leave a legacy for my family. But then what, right? Or is that it? To me, I want to make an impact. I want to live a life of significance. So I would challenge everybody listening in is if you can set yourself up strategically to grow your income and grow wealth, you you buy the ability, you create margin in your life to go out and volunteer, get involved in things that you're doing, launch initiatives that are going to change the world. And to me, you know, this is what ends up, um, interestingly enough, and I, I don't get involved in these things to grow my business. But when you start getting involved in things like this, it brings you energy, and it also brings you connections that end up growing your business. So that's where I think, you know, to me, I'm so passionate about this whole energy and time uh, management, leadership so that I can have the margin uh, to be able to do. Those things um, inside a given week and and still be able to generate wealth and still have time to enjoy my kids and grandkids,
0: I love it. You know, you can there's only so much money that um, a person can spend. I guess ultimately, you could spend it all. But, you know, th- the most wealthiest people that I personally know, they're not you know, to them, it's yeah, they're still working hard, and they're still working towards something. They're still volunteering and putting in 40, 50, 60 hours a week doing stuff because, um, they like building stuff. They like the energy that they get from it. And I'll give you an example. This morning, I uh, I went to a high school and I run a student of the month program at a Rotary Club for a specific high school. And we're really struggling because none of the students are replying to our nomination to give them the student of the month. And so I went and sat, had a meeting with the principal and two of the administrators, and we were just brainstorming. And that was an 8.30 meeting this morning. That was the highlight of my day. I mean, I got... That I was so excited after that 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 just carried through even to right now. So just a great example of, um, you know, that giving back and having that balance and that diversity in your uh, in your life will actually carry over and fuel your your work life, your sales life. And, you know, maybe. uh you know, if your mind's right, everything else sort of and
1: your family's right, everything else follows along and you can make more money and have more fun doing it. So absolutely it gives stuff to talk about, too. And that's, you know, it makes you an interesting person. So to me, that's where, you know, finding time for things that you're passionate about, finding time for hobbies. You know, I didn't have time when I got invited to go to Mount Everest base camp last year. That I didn't have time for that. I did it. Yeah. The interesting thing about that whole expedition and training for it Even though I didn't do it for business reasons, it generated so many conversations with people that led to business just doing something interesting. So maybe that's the answer more than anything is, you know, we're we're focused. We all want to hit the goal this year. Manage your time and energy. Do something interesting and fun in the process so that, you know, this is all going to... It's all part of that whole ecosystem of being able to show up with positive positive energy and and being able to add value to your clients. Yeah, totally agree. Well, Daryl, if somebody would like to reach out
0: to you, what is the best way to connect?
1: Yeah, um, we talked about uh, getting a copy of the book. In fact, if you're out and about right now and you just want to text the word revenue to 21,000, that's revenue to 21,000, you'll get access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook. You'll also get access to other resources that you can use personally or inside your company, maybe your leadership as well. We'll find it valuable as we head into this year to get strategic. And as always, I LinkedIn, I'm the only Daryl Amy on LinkedIn. So you're gonna find me. It won't be hard. I'd love to connect with you. Yep, yeah, that is true. I found you on
0: LinkedIn and Facebook. So <laughs> that's great. All right. Well, Daryl, uh, thank you again for your time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Chris.